August 19th. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 26. And now, dear brothers and sisters, I, Paul, will write about the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives to each of us, for I must correct your misunderstandings about them. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know how to discern what is truly from God. No one speaking by the Spirit of God can curse Jesus, and no one is able to say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it is the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service in the church, but it is the same Lord we are serving. There are different ways God works in our lives, but it is the same God who does the work through all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another He gives the gift of special knowledge. The Spirit gives special faith to another. And to someone else He gives the power to heal the sick. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to know whether it is really the Spirit of God or another spirit that is speaking. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, and another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up only one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into Christ's body by one Spirit, and we have all received the same Spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am only an ear and not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye, then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how could you smell anything? But God made our bodies with many parts, and He has put each part just where He wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect from the eyes of others those parts that should not be seen, while other parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together in such a way that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other equally. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Verse 11, He turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. 
He has made me desolate. He has filled me with bitterness. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has made my chains heavy. Though I call and cry for help, He shuts out my prayer. You ever feel like that? God's not listening to me. I don't know why. My soul is bereft of peace, and I have forgotten what happiness is. My endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. God chose to include this in the Bible. God put this in there for you who suffer because God knows how you feel. And God needs you to know that He knows how you feel. Because sometimes what you need is not theological reasoning. Sometimes what you need is a God who walks through this with you. This I call to mind. Therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. How do you know the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases? Even you're going through something and you may be thinking right now that it's because God is mad at you about something. God is punishing you for some past sin. How can you know with that assurance that God's mercies overflow for you every morning? Here's how you know. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel is not that you're closer to God and farther from God based on how you've lived. The gospel is that you're close to God based on how Jesus lived and what he did for you. So how I live does not determine my closeness to God. What Jesus did determines my closeness to God. He faced condemnation. So now nothing can separate me from his love. No condemnation remains for me. He will never leave or forsake me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. I got his position of favor because he got my penalty of condemnation. We traded places, the great exchange. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good for one to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. 